Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Heavenly Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text is our Old Testament lesson from Genesis chapter 18. Sarah was a woman of faith. Now, maybe she wasn't a prophet or a judge like Deborah. Maybe she wasn't a queen like Esther. Maybe she wasn't the head of her house like Martha. But Sarah was a woman of faith. She was Abraham's wife. She was his partner. And she shared the faith of her husband. When God called Abraham to leave behind his comfortable home in Ur of the Chaldees and travel to a new home, a place he'd never seen before, a thousand miles away, well... Abraham trusted God's call, and he went. And Sarah went with him. Sarah believed that God's call included her. The Bible never suggests that Sarah dragged her feet, that she pleaded to stay, that she threatened to turn back or file for divorce if Abraham moved. God promises a place, a family, and a blessing from Abraham that would go out to the entire world. And Sarah embraced the promise along with her husband. No matter what God's loving, caring, sustaining promises might be, Sarah trusted that God would be faithful should not surprise us that when we read the genealogy of Jesus in Matthew chapter 1, there are four women identified there. And the first of the four is Sarah, an ancestor of the Savior. She was a woman of faith. But sometimes people of faith struggle with weakness and doubt. They might even laugh in doubt, just like Sarah did. And this brings us to our Old Testament lesson for today. What starts out as an exercise in nomadic hospitality soon reveals itself as so much more. When three travelers appear before Abraham's tent, he seizes the opportunity to show kindness and compassion. With the help of his wife, he prepares a generous feast. Placing food before his guests, he stands to the side, allowing them to eat. He's ready to do any bidding they might make of him. According to custom, Sarah kept herself in the tent, ready to answer her husband's call for assistance if he should need it. And if he needed no further help, well, she was close enough to be able to listen on the conversation, to overhear everything that was said. What an unusual conversation it was. Strangers who never met Sarah call her by name and inquire about where she is. Perhaps it's at this time that Abraham realizes who these strangers are. 
It's the Lord who first called him to leave his home 24 years earlier and to go to the land of Canaan. The Lord who'd been repeating promises about a child to Abraham and Sarah for all these years, even though he was now 99 and she was 89. It's the Lord who says the time has finally come to fulfill his promise. I will surely return to you about this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, will have a son. And that's when it happens. 89-year-old Sarah laughs. It wasn't a side-splitting laughter full of snorts and tears and shrieks. It was calm and quiet and to herself. It was a laughter born of, well, disappointment. She had been hurt before, and this was her defense against being hurt again. It was a quiet laugh with a wry smile, perhaps a tear, and it was too focused on facts. You are too old. Your time has passed. Motherhood will not come to you. Sarah, woman of faith, was sinking under waves of doubt and weakness. Her response was an honest smirk from a frail human heart. It sounds just like us sometimes, doesn't it? We're people of faith like Sarah. We're God's baptized children, fed and nourished by word and sacrament, we believe that Jesus lived and died and rose for us. We trust that by God's grace alone, through faith in Christ alone, we have peace and hope and forgiveness and joy and life. But if we're honest with ourselves, we have to admit that there are times, like with Sarah, that we laugh at God in doubt. He comes to calm us in our trouble, to ease our pain, to encourage us in life's really tough moments. And what do we do? We laugh. We smile at God and say, Lord, I know you mean well, but you just don't understand. I hear your promise. I am with you always. And still, I feel so alone. Nobody steps up to my aid. Nobody extends a helping hand. I hear your promise. All things work for the good of those who love you. And I laugh to myself and say, not these things. Not this time, Lord. No good coming from this hospitalization. No good coming from this family upset. No good coming from this job loss. I hear the invitation, come to me and I will give you rest. But I just don't see how that can happen. I feel too old. My body isn't working. It's just too late. 
Make no mistake about any of this. None of it makes God happy. But then neither does our weakness cause God to give up on us. Neither does our little faith prevent God from loving us. Our doubt does not cause God to withdraw his promises. The laughter that we try to hide deep inside does not mean the end of God's grace for us. Remember, grace is not about what we deserve. It's the love God shows us in spite of what we deserve. And so the Lord says to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh and say, Shall I indeed bear a child now that I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time, time, I will return to you about this time next year, and Sarah shall bear a son. Sarah's laughter was from her weakness and doubt. But not all laughter comes from weakness. Some is rooted in mockery and disdain and hatred for God. Some is out of scorn and contempt for God. It's the kind of thing that Jesus himself encountered at the home of a man named Jairus. Jairus was the ruler of the synagogue in Capernaum. He had a 12-year-old daughter, and his daughter became very ill. So ill that Jairus sought help from Jesus to heal her. But by the time Jairus brought Jesus to his house... His daughter had died. And the home was full of mourners. When Jesus said, Why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead but asleep. The Bible tells us they laughed at him. No laughter of doubt. No laughter of weakness. This was laughter springing from ridicule and rejection. This laughter came from contempt and disdain. Who did Jesus think he was, they sneered. He was no friend of elders and priests and Levites. He didn't act like them or follow their traditions. He was a nobody, they laughed. He was a fake and a fraud. But a few minutes after entering the house, nobody was laughing anymore. That's because Jesus took the little girl by her hand and he said, little girl, I say to you, arise. And she stood up. And the Bible says they were completely astonished. Now, the only one laughing was Jesus. God always has the last laugh. It's just like we read in Psalm 2. Why do the nations conspire and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth take their stand and rulers gather together against the Lord and against his anointed 
the Holy One enthroned in heaven laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. Of course, it happened again. This time on Good Friday. The enemies of Jesus filled the streets of Jerusalem with their laughter. There he was, the Savior of sinners, dying for our insulting unbelief, dying for our pitiful weakness, dying for our lack of faith, dying for our daring to laugh at God. Come down now from the cross, they laughed, and we will be sure to believe in you then. And that laughter echoed through the gates of hell itself. But on Sunday morning, the only ones laughing were the angels in heaven. The only ones laughing were broken-hearted sinners overcome with joy. The only ones laughing were sinners like us who know that God's forgiveness is just as real and as wonderful as the risen Christ himself. And all of this was possible because of the child born to Abraham and Sarah. What did Sarah overhear the Lord say to her husband? Is anything too hard for the Lord? Sarah heard these words, and these words stung, just like they sting us. They're a reminder that we are out of line, just like Sarah was. How foolish we are to dare to limit what we think God can or cannot do. And this leads to laughter. Not at God, but at ourselves. Laughter that comes from a repentant heart, a confessing heart, a heart that acknowledges and realizes my own fault. For Sarah, her laughter came as she thought about that child growing in her womb, And how she dared imagine it could never happen. For nine months, how she laughed. And then the child was born. And when the child came, she knew the perfect name for her son. Isaac. It means he laughs. What joy God has brought, not just to Sarah and Abraham, but to us. Because of the Savior named Jesus, who comes from the family line of the old woman who laughed. Amen. Now may God's peace, which is far more than we can ever fully hope to understand, keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.